Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for busy parents building profitable businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm Meg Brunson, and we are about to simplify business and marketing strategies because balance was never about spending equal time between your business and your family. Nope, you want to spend previously unimagined amounts of time making memories with your kids. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get your marketing under control. I want to take a minute to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter, that love is love, and that inclusivity is essential for success. So I welcome all colors, genders, and cultures to join us for today's episode. After leaving the corporate world, where she worked with small business owners of referral-based businesses for two decades... Today's guest launched Playmaker Coaching and Consulting as a winning system that has proven to achieve top-tier results. Acting as a teammate, coach, or general manager, the team at Playmaker ensures your marketing efforts push over the finish line with 90-day plans designed for you to make marketing easy. I'm excited today to introduce you to Jennifer Hensley. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I've, I've been a fan of yours and listening to this for quite a while. So I'm excited to be here with you today. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love marketing, obviously. Um, and so I especially love having other marketers join me so we can geek out over all <laughs> things marketing. Um, and today we're going to talk about both finding and hiring marketing consultants, which I think is a big um, topic. You know, are you ready? Are you not ready? How do you find the right person? And then also the importance of having a unique value proposition and what to do with that. So that's kind of our agenda for this call. Um, and I can't wait to hop in and get started. So do you want to let's let's talk about um, hiring on a marketing consultant. What are your suggestions and recommendations for that process? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting for me because um you know, I, I see so often that there's things that are siloed and segmented. So when I think there of somebody thinking about who should they bring in to lead their marketing or how should they approach it, I think there's four things that they should really consider. So first off, I think it's someone who understands, you know, their business. So for my clients, it's really about like understanding sales, marketing, operations, and compliance for a lot of them, because I work with a lot of financial advisors, and that's a huge piece of the work that they're, that they're responsible for is dealing with regulatory bodies. So someone who understands that space. I think number two is someone who understands referral-based businesses. You know, they just operate differently if you're B2B or B2C or you have a tangible product or not. I think that's important that they understand the space that you're in. Three is that you want someone who can really be a part of your team. You know, that's not just giving you strategy or all these ideas and brainstorming with you, but can really help you get that over the finish line. And then four, it's, you know, someone who can create that strategy. And like I was saying, really help you take that to action. Um, so that you don't just have all these things being siloed. I mean, one of my clients um, that I work with this law firm, it's been really interesting because 
when I first started working with them, they had somebody, you know, doing social media for them. Then they were doing a whole bunch of advertising on TV and then they were doing some speaking engagements and everything was completely siloed. There was no overarching message or uh, approach to any of it. And that's really what I love doing with my, for my clients is helping to bring it together and say, what should we be doing and how do we get started with it in the way that makes the most sense for what your business goals are? Yeah. Keeping it under a similar like umbrella, like that, that concept of having an umbrella and everything else happening underneath it. I think even for smaller yeah. businesses, you know, you might be on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, you know, but every one you're doing something different. And so it's figuring out how to keep it all working yeah. towards the same goal. Right. That, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to really accomplish? And then, then, then going into how are you going to use different marketing strategies or solutions to help you with that? Not starting with like, oh, I just want to do Facebook ads because well, so-and-so else is doing that. Like, does it make sense for me? And am I trying to just create awareness or am I actually trying to build a community? You know, let's really start there and make sure you have a strategy, but build it over time because we know at least most of my clients, I mean, they're early growth. They don't have a lot of team members. Uh, You know, they're dealing with kids and family and are trying to keep it all afloat right now. You know, we need to right size it, but give them a system that they can create some consistency and then build on it as they go. And I also love that you pointed out having the, I can't remember exactly how you said it, point one, but like having the, the a niche, you know, finding somebody that's in your niche that understands your business. Like you may know somebody and you just mentioned Facebook ads. You may know somebody who runs Facebook ads but if they run Facebook ads for e-commerce and you're a service-based business, they may not be the best person for you. Or, you know, we could come up with an endless amount of examples. So it's finding somebody who really knows your niche, knows your business, is aligned with your values. We talk a lot about value alignment, um, things like that. So I love that yes. you mentioned that too. I think that there's lessons there for people wanting to outsource and also for people who are listening who may be in marketing themselves um, and haven't quite niched down. Like you need to niche down who you want to work with so that you can find the perfect clients for you. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a lot of discovery myself because I mean, the reason that my business is called Playmaker Coaching Consulting was because, you know, I always felt like I was somewhat the generalist in my corporate space. You know, I worked in all these different spaces from, you know, staffing and operations to compliance to marketing. And it was like, what's my niche exactly? And what I ended up discovering that was for me, you know, what I actually did on the playing field, because I've always played sports and I still actually get to play a little bit of uh, soccer today is, you know, it's the same thing I was doing in the corporate space was being able to see how things connect, being able to advance the ball, look for unique scoring opportunities, see the whole field and help my teammates stay in the position that they do really well so that they can score more often. And that's what I do for my clients. So I tell them I am by no means the marketing expert in most areas of marketing. Uh, What I am the expert in is helping them to develop a strategy and a system and then bringing in all the resources. So I'm often bringing in other people that are the Facebook ad experts or the copywriter, all those other pieces. So they don't have to find those experts uh, that I can bring that to the table and help them really stay focused in on just what's the value that they bring to their clients. I love that. And I think that visualization is a great way to look at how a business should be running. And of course, not all businesses are at that stage right out the gate, you know, but having all of your different team members who are advancing your ultimate business goals. Right, right. Not everybody needs it. I mean, most of my clients, and we're going to talk more about this, I know we're really focused in on kind of what I call training camp, which is around 
how do you be really specific around um, who your ideal client is and your market? And that goes into the value proposition we're going to talk about today, I think some more in depth. And then how do you increase consideration to drive more and better people, you know, potential clients to your business? Because I think that's really the foundation of their marketing. And the more clear you are in that space, the easier the rest of your marketing, I think, becomes. Yes. No, I love that. And I can't wait to dive into that deeper. Now let's, let's talk about the four step process that you have to create your unique value proposition. And actually, before we do that, let's talk about, let's define that, right? What is a unique value proposition? Um, how do you know what yours is? Where does it come from? All that stuff. Let's start with the definition. Yeah. So, I mean, a unique value proposition. So by its very nature, you know, it's got to be unique. It's got to communicate value and a proposition in a concise way. Uh, so I often even start with people just kind of even asking them, like, how do they feel like they're doing around that? Or where do they struggle most? Is it like trying to figure out like what's unique about you? Is it trying to really phrase things on like, what do, what's the value? What do people get for their money or the saying in a concise way? And Oftentimes they're either in the space where they're like, it's all of those, or it's really a lot of times about the unique, like they know that they're bringing value. They feel pretty good about the value they bring, but they don't know like what's different, especially with a lot of people I work with. It's all like, you know, peace of mind. It's like, yeah, well, everybody says that, you know, <laughs> or, right. you know, I said, I'm a trusted resource. It's like, well, those are kind of givens to a degree anyway, you know, what sets you apart, what sets you elevate you from other people. So, um, what we really do is talk about, um, it does it meet the seven C's test? So we want something that makes sure that it's client centric benefit first and foremost, because different is always better than better, but it's gotta be about the, uh, benefits that you provide, not the features. And we tend to talk about the features that we provide, you know, versus really it's the piece. It is the peace of man, but you don't want to say peace of mind. It's the, you know, it's the, the comfort level that you provide. It's the time savings. It's the other pieces that you're really providing that are important to bring to mind. So client centric benefit. The second C is that it conveys emotion. You know, it can't just be all like, numbers or something without any feeling, you want to strike a chord with somebody that they can feel like they can really connect with you authentically. It needs to be concise. Otherwise you are going to lose people. Uh, you need to be confident in how you communicate that or your team members. If you have other people representing your team, that they can communicate that confidently as well, which also goes to the consistency of it, that no matter it's, or it's a different team member communicating it or if somebody's going to your website versus social media, it all feels in alignment there. It's clear and it's convert. You can make it conversational so that you can take something from what you, how you articulate that in your value proposition on your website. It's going to be different than how you articulate it in kind of your elevator language and that shorter, you know, kind of pitch. So you need to be able to flex with that. But in every situation, that same theme kind of comes through. So we really talk about, you know, how can you make sure that it's really strong in all those areas. And a part of the process, we'll talk about how they use that to make sure that they're validating that and making that even better as they go. Awesome. I think that's a great definition. Um, and it, I think it, in a simple way, um, what I like to ask people is just what sets you apart? Like, that's what you're, you know what I mean? Like what sets you apart from other people in your field and what makes you unique? That's what right. you were just outlining. Yeah, yeah exactly. And what can you do for me? Yeah, right. Exactly. But that client centric piece, I think, and I love all the C's. I love like alliteration and little tricks and <laughs> things like that. So 
Perfect. So what is your four step, step process for creating a unique value proposition if you don't have it or you're not confident in what you think it is? Yeah. Yeah. So we break it down. It's really simple. Actually, we start with, we're going to identify, you know, what your value proposition is. Then we're going to develop it. We're actually going to start to build it out and write it out so that we can start to communicate it. Third step is we're going to test and refine that. And then the fourth step is really implement and continue to review over time as well. So that it's never set in stone. It's not something that you have to feel like, okay, I've got to figure this all out and have it perfect. And then it never changes. We know the business is going to change. What market you work with is probably going to change as you're in business longer. You get more clarity on that. As much as we want to try to start niche, most people do it the opposite way where we start with like several markets and then we get more niche. (laughs) Uh, So we know it's something that you got to continue to come back to and we'll get more clarity on it. The more you get more comfortable with it and the more you use it. But really those four simple steps is all it takes to really get you in a great position to start to really have more clarity and confidence in what your value proposition is. Man, and I feel like you're speaking right to me. If you knew how broadly I started (laughs) this, I started my business journey so broad and even I niched it down, but that changes over time. I mean, we're people and we change and our business changes. Um, And so I think that fourth step is probably one that... Mm people just miss. I can't tell you how often I'll go back to my stuff and be like, Oh my gosh, I haven't updated that in forever. So being able to add that in to, to your process. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, inevitably, you know, you're going to have maybe different people supporting your business as well over time. And, you know, when people come on, you know, they're just making it their own. And before long, you might realize like, everybody's talking about this a little different. Does it feel consistent? Because I mean, certainly we have our own personalities, does it feel consistent in alignment or is it all of a sudden like we are not selling the same brand uh, and you don't want that to happen. You want to make sure that promise that you're uh, conveying to your clients or potential clients that uh, that is consistent and everybody's on the same page about what that is. Now, could you give us an example, whether it's your business or a generic example of what a value proposition should sound like? Cause I feel like we can't, there's not necessarily an exact um, formula or maybe there is and you'll, you'll shock. Yeah. Them, yes. But- so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about the process and then give you a couple of examples and everything uh, kind of what uh, that comes to light. And like I said, it's, it's going to vary a little bit based off of where you're using it, how, you know, it's not necessarily like your tagline, but kind of in essence, what some of it boils down to, if you're to, to try to more succinctly communicate that. So when we talk about identifying your value proposition, that first step, um, what we do as part of that is actually reach out to existing clients and get feedback from them and go through a discussion with them of what are all the points that, uh, you know, what is the value that you provide to them? How is their life different? You know, go through a series of questions. And often in the beginning, they'll say the typical things too, you know, like that. It's like, oh yeah, you know, well, they just really helped me They're, You know, I, I feel listened to, they're trusted. But as you talk with them, you start to uncover the things that's like, oh, that's a little different. Like that's interesting because everybody does have something that's interesting. Even if we don't think we do, there's something there. So that's part of it. And then we also do a brainstorm with uh, you and your team to really uncover from you, you know, what do you feel like is a little bit different or how do you think you set yourself apart, work through all of that? Because once again, 
sometimes you might think like, well, I just do the same thing everybody else kind of does, don't I? But it's like, no, there's some probably unique ways in terms of how you're communicating things or resources you use or just your style, your personality and stuff that will help us to put that together. So we go through all that really brainstorming and fact-finding process to, to articulate it. And then we develop it. That's when it's really like the pen and paper, like I said, of like, hey, here's all the themes we heard about who you are as a person that's unique, that really adds value, how your company operates and how the problems you solve. And we'll put that and develop the, and I usually start with my clients on the website and then, uh, then we'll narrow it down kind of from there. And then as far as testing and refining, we'll have them take that, um, that copy and start to digest it and actually go back to those people we got feedback from and use that seven C's and say, give me feedback. Is it concise? Is it clear? You know, am I a four in this, but maybe I'm a six in this, like, how can I make it even better? And that's the part I think too, that really helps because you're getting confirmation and those people too, that were probably already, you know, some of your best clients now are becoming even more your, your raving fans and advocates because they're a part of crafting, creating this with you. And they're really excited to, to, to help you take it to the next level. Uh, and then, like we said, implement it and implementing it's consistently across all your channels with all your team members. And a big part of that is also making sure that you live it. You know, if this is what you're going to use, that you're uh, demonstrating that day in and day out, that that's what you stand for. So uh, an example of, uh, I'll give you a couple and everything. One of the clients I've worked with in the law space, um, what theirs boiled down to is really that you know, they want to be your law firm for life. So that's kind of the tagline somewhat, but it's around like they, they believe that family is everything and that typically the most important and the most life-changing and yes, the most stressful things involve your family. So what affects one family member affects the entire family and their goal is to be your family's firm in all matters throughout all stages of life, regardless of what throw, life throws at you. So they were really positioning yourself that yes, we're here for you. We're here for you and we're here for your entire family and all things related to law and whether you have a matter right now or not, you know, we want to be here for you so that, you know, just like you might have a, uh, an accountant or a financial advisor, you have, you know, a law, a lawyer on your side so that when you're in a situation, you're stressed about it, you're not like, oh, who do I call? Um, so that's really what their messaging was, uh, been created around now, which has been really exciting because, Previously, they were you know, really focused in on different practice areas of like, oh, it's estate planning, it's personal injury, and everybody did something different. It's like, how do we market the whole firm and what are we trying to do? And from a consumer perspective versus just an individual situation or product that you might have. So that's one example. Another one that I worked with, and I really loved working with this client, Corey of mine, that for him, um, we came up with this, you know, can money buy happiness? Is a wealthy person a a, a wealthy person, a happy person. So his thing was get the economic or get the answers that solve the happiness economics equation and really live the happiness you deserve. And there's definitely some more context around both of these, but that was kind of the nut of, uh, you know, the essence of his message was it's really around, he want to make sure that from a financial perspective, how does your finances really lead to happiness or connect to your happiness? So those were a couple examples. One of my favorite things to clients to work with is a part of this. When we talk to the clients, we actually get testimonials because it was like, Hey, we're talking with them. They're giving us all this great stuff at the same time. Why don't we document these and get testimonials? It makes perfect sense. And then we can use those on their website and social as well. But when we did that, I was working with my client, Brandon, who was part of the, in my training camp program. And he said, you know what, 
two things out of this. He said, one, I feel like my website is actually helpful to my now um, that I'm excited to drive people there to show them what's on my website and it feel like it's effective. And he said, number two, he's like, I might actually be my most frequent visitor in my website because in a business as a, as a solopreneur, and I know you guys will get this, it's hard, right? We all have days that are really challenging that we're like, why am I doing this again? I just want to be hanging out with my kids or I'm giving up this time with them to try to build a business. You know, when you can go out there and you can see those testimonials and all the amazing things that people are saying about the impact you're having on them, it makes it so much easier to take that next step and keep moving forward. And he said that was one of the biggest things that for him that stood out was not the confidence necessarily that he just even got by knowing and what his value proposition was, but by getting all those testimonials that really demonstrated it real life, uh, just that continual conviction that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing and could keep moving forward in his business. I mean, I know I, that means a ton to me and it was so great to be able to help him with that. Thank you so much. Thank you for dropping a couple examples. I love how you outlined that it could be like that there's like a thread that goes through it, but it could be short and concise, like a tagline. And then there can also be like a deeper story behind it. So whether, whichever way you like to work, you know, you kind of break it down in different ways like that so that it is present um, across all platforms and, and whatnot. Now I do have a question about the, I love the concept, the interview process with like clients. Is there like a a number that you recommend? So for those, Mm. those people who are in like their first year of business, um, especially if they're a service-based business or, you know, they work with higher end projects. So they may only work with, you know, three or four people a year. And maybe all of those people aren't willing to participate or something like that. Like, what's the baseline that you've found to be successful with that process? Yeah, usually for most of my clients, I say, you know, identify maybe about 10 people because yeah, maybe I think most people want to give feedback or they're open to it, but just, you know, people are busy. So sometimes we can't connect with everybody. Um, But I usually say, try to identify maybe about 10 of your best clients. If you have less, that's fine. Or if we only connect with, you know, six, that might be all right. I think often it doesn't take too many calls to start to identify themes Um, But the more niche you are, the probably the easier it is in terms of not necessarily the fact that they have to all be the same industry, but the pain point that you solve. So if you feel like, hey, all these people, I'm kind of helping them with the same thing, like dressing for them, then it's going to be pretty easy when you have those conversations with them to start to be like, okay, here, I'm seeing some themes coming through with what they're talking about. If they're very different types of problems that you solve for different types of clients, then you probably need at least, you know, a few more in each of those areas so that you can uh, figure out how are you going to either try to bring that together more cohesively or how you will set up your strategy. So it's like very clear that, Hey, I'm talking to this audience, maybe on this day and this one on this other day, but you know how it doesn't get confusing to your audience. Um, So there are some ways to address that, but I think that's a pretty good number to start with if possible. You know, it's, it's a work in progress, like we said. So if you have less, that's fine. It's still a good starting point. Uh, It never, ever is a uh, not worth the investment to get feedback from your clients. Now, do you have any recommendations for people who want to like do that process themselves but aren't sure how to approach a client to ask them the right questions like yeah yeah so I actually have um some language that I use to um to for when I'm working with them I'll I'll give them some language they can send out as an email in advance to let people know like hey Jennifer's gonna be calling you you know if they see my phone number they're not like 
who's this person? And I definitely try to do them via a uh, phone call or in person when we can most of the time phone calls. Cause my clients are all over the country too. Um, but I think it's just so much more rich dialogue than somebody just responding to an email uh, to really get to the essence of it. But if they want to do it themselves, they definitely can't. It's the same kind of process around saying, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm working on, um, you know, really reassessing my business and the points where I add value. I have a good sense of probably where some of those are, but as one of my best clients, I really value your thoughts and your opinions. And I'd love to get some, some insights from you on what we're doing well. And, and, and this is key, what else could we do to provide even more value for you? So I always want to make sure whether I'm doing it, they're doing it. They're also asking how can they get better or what else can we be doing to improve? Because you never know if there maybe is something there or if there isn't, you know, you want to make sure that they feel heard in that respect as well. So they can certainly do that themselves. Um, For most people, I find that they're either more comfortable if somebody else is doing it for them or they just don't necessarily feel like they have the time (laughs) to do it. So they, uh, that was something, yeah, initially, actually, when I first started working with clients, it was like, oh yeah, here's the process. You can do it themselves. And it just became another one of those things, just like getting the testimonials where they're like, you can do this for me. Oh yeah. That's so much better. (laughs) You know, just do it. (laughs) Well, I think for me, it would be just more comfortable. Like I'm not the kind of person, like I feel weird when people give me compliments. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to (laughs) respond to that. Um, so I think I would just love to have somebody out like do that for me, but I also love how you worded. Um, I'm so glad this will be transcribed and everything. So I love how you worded, like, how can I, how could I provide more value to you? Because I feel like uh, the way I would typically say it, I don't like, it's like, what are like your pros and what are Mm. my cons? Like what things do I fall flat on or what things do I need to improve on? And I think the way you worded it is a much more positive way to look at it. So I really, I like that. Yeah. And you know, when I have those calls with the clients, it's very rare that somebody has something negative to say one, because you've already identified people that are your best clients. So go figure, they love you. I, you know, (laughs) surprise, surprise. Um, But even if they do, it's usually things that are like really helpful and constructive and just like, you know, they're not negative. Um, but they're in their bite-sized things where it's like, oh, that's super easy, you know, like super easy thing that's to implement, um, that often leads into some of our marketing efforts too, because they'll be like, Hey, my onboarding, you know, when I first met with them, they were super helpful. I got to know them a lot, but you know, I'd love to spend more time with them or feel more connected throughout the year. It's like, okay, let's develop a client touch plan of how do we stay in touch with our best clients? So it leads into when there is something, sometimes other things I can really help them with. So they don't also have to feel like, oh, they told me something. I have no idea what to do with this. It's like, this is really easy for us to, to take the next step to address that if there is some feedback. Yeah. And it just makes your business stronger, but mm-hmm. you can take your brain out of it because they're telling you exactly what they need. Yeah. Now, I know we, we touched on this a little bit, the how and where to utilize your value prop, but I'm sure that there's other suggestions that you have that we didn't immediately touch on. So let's kind of go into there. And once you've got it, you know, you've, you've sourced those ideas, you've written it, pen to paper, you've started to evaluate it. And of course, that evaluation process is ongoing. Um, right. But where and how are we going to use it across all the places? Yeah. So first off, I say, you know, you want to be telling your story often. So if we think about it just in general, about telling your story, you know, at least every 10 weeks, or if your audience is growing faster, you know, maybe it's every other week in terms of like, how are you in some fashion, some format, getting your story out there, because people are going to listen with different ears each time they hear it as well. 
so you got to continue to articulate it. So in terms of places to put it, certainly all of your marketing collateral, your website, your social social media, if you have like a capabilities deck or a one sheeter, you know, you want to have it represented in there and consistent. Uh, you want to make it part of that client experience. Like we talked about is if you're saying, you know, what makes me different is we keep things super easy. It's really easy to do business with us. Does your experience really reflect that? Uh, make sure your team members understand it and are comfortable. So maybe you need to have some team meetings with them on whoever's on your staff or whatever to talk about it and to practice. It's uncomfortable to practice, but sometimes we need to do that so that we all can internalize things and get comfortable with it. Uh, think about your phoning or your approach language um, so that it can make sure that it highlights those key benefits. Um, and colleagues or partners or influencers that you might work with, do they know it? You know, because you want them to introduce you in the way that conveys that value as well, right? So how can you equip them with that uh, information or talk through it with them? Uh, client conversations for the testimonies, we talked about that. Those re really reinforce it and articulate it for you. So you don't even have to sometimes. Um, and then, like we said, most importantly is that consistency in terms of living your value proposition on a regular basis. That is great. So great. I would love to know where can all of our viewers, listeners, audience, where can they connect with you, learn more about you, learn more from you? Yeah. So I'm on uh, primarily LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, it's on, uh, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook, excuse me, is uh, Playmaker Coach. Uh, so you can find me there. Um, that's probably where I'm most active. Uh, and then also my website is um, a playmaker, playmakercoach.com. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> uh, I'm going blank this afternoon. It's been a long day, but uh, you can connect with me there as well. I always love to have conversations uh, with people and see if I can be a resource. As I said, my favorite thing is kind of being that connector, that quarterback yeah. for them. Um, so if there's a way I can be a resource, certainly open to that. And I think, you know, for this audience, if they're uh, interested in learning more about kind of the training camp and some of the things we've done for with some of those clients I talked about, uh, would love to be able to take you through a similar process to help you get more clarity, confidence, and, you know, something that's going to really help you attract more, uh, more clients into your business. Uh, cause it, I don't, I believe that it doesn't have to be as hard as sometimes we make it to be that there are some great resources and tools out there. And there is something special to everybody's business that, uh, that even if it seems really small, it's not, uh, that that's what is your, your magic power. Yeah. And I, I think that this is really understanding what you, you're hmm, understanding what your unique value proposition is. That was like a tongue twister. Um, is key. Like it really is key because there are, there are a lot of people who do what you do, no matter what it is that you're offering, there are other people who do what you do. So you have to know what sets you apart and that's, what's going to influence somebody to work with you over working with your competition, which I'm putting in quotes, because <laughs> I believe that there's, you know, there's people for everybody. Um, but being able to understand and articulate and live, like you said, through your unique value proposition is really what's going to be the key to getting you business. That's. Yeah, that's I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, one thing we, um, I have for your, your audience, for the audience today too, is that uh, a 10 question self-assessment to really make their value proposition pop. 
So uh, we'll make sure that they have the, the information, I'm sure, to, to be able to get that from me. But as things just even thinking about, like, if your ideal client was talking with their, you know, their sibling or a friend, you know, what would they say? What would be those couple sentences maybe that they're saying that you're like, ooh, ding, 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 like they're a perfect client for me. You know, yeah. or what are those frequently asked questions you get? You know, there's different things like that that will really help you to pinpoint um, even on your own, if you take the time to do it, what sets you apart. Um, so using that with those seven C's, I think that's one of the things that will help you get more clarity in this and just makes it more fun. And I mean, we all want to enjoy what we're doing more and have more time to enjoy all the other aspects of our lives as well. Well, I have loved this. I feel like, you know, it's a good episode because I'm sitting here going, Oh, I need to, I need to revisit my value proposition. Mm -hmm. I need to do all these things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but that's how, you know, it's a good, a good podcast, you know, a good video training, um, because it just pulls you in and it's Mm. so, so much value. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here today, to share all of this with us and to help us as familypreneurs to improve our businesses so that we can be more present with our families without wasting time or money. Right. Uh, Yeah. My pleasure. It's great to be here. I I love all the work that you're doing. And I know you're bringing on a, uh, you know, a ton of great uh, resources and experts to this group that, you know, even for me has been uh, tremendously valuable. So um, I hope that this can help a, a few other people as well. Oh, I'm sure it will. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Familypreneur. You'll find all the links mentioned and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now.